All right, welcome back to the emergency goalies. A not as good week for the Blackhawks, to say the least. But, you know, we kind of figured uh, we did get we, what we wanted from the Dallas Stars series. Said one win in regulation, and the Blackhawks provided that. But they're just um, – the Florida Panthers are just a bad matchup for the Blackhawks. They their defense cannot contain the the Panthers scoring and yeah, a couple of leads just got you know wiped away. Yeah, the uh, Panthers top line with Barkov um, and Verhage, uh it's just been too much for the Blackhawks and in, in all all of the games between the teams this year. Um, Barkov is just one of the best players in the league, uh, great two-way guy, and he kind of dominates possession and stuff the way that Taves did during his prime. And for a Blackhawks team that does not have a center that can match up against him, um, especially since they've moved David Camp up to first-line center, so he's playing with Patrick Kane now, and you're not going to have Kane out there at the same time as, uh, as Barkov. So yeah, the, the, the Hawks just had no answers and it, uh, it definitely a problem, uh, that, you know, the second game, I think the Hawks, uh, played pretty well. Uh, you know, they did blow the lead, but there was some weird puck luck that happened and, um, but really the, the thing that's kind of uh, been a struggle for the Blackhawks of late has been the number of penalties that they are taking, mm-hmm. um, especially in that second Florida game, uh, that really stupid, dirty play by Duncan Keith, um, where he tripped Barkov in front of the Panthers bench for mm-hmm. really no reason. Uh, led to a power play goal for the for the Panthers and there's just been a lot of little undisciplined things like that that have started to crop up Um, in addition to you know now that the Blackhawks have kind of entered into that phase of their schedule where they've been playing the the better teams they're chasing the puck a little more they're they're not in quite as good a defensive position uh their lack of speed is showing a little bit more. And so they're trailing some plays and they're starting to take, you know, they're starting to hook more players. They're tripping guys. And with the way that the penalty kill has struggled of late, that's a really bad combination to start taking a lot more penalties and then giving up uh, power play goals as well. So that, you know, that's, that's definitely been a sign to me that, um, you know, And, you know, it's obviously no surprise that the Blackhawks are just not as talented as the teams that they've been playing. You know, they kept up pretty good effort levels. That first Dallas game uh, was a game where they weren't ready to play. Dallas came out with their hair on fire. They knew, you know, the Blackhawks were the team that they are chasing. They came out and just really stomped the Blackhawks in that game. Uh, You know, it was unfortunate that, uh, Subban was also not up to the task. Um, no. You know, if if 
a, a few big, big saves from him might've uh, helped the Blackhawks weather the early storm and maybe stay in it, but it just kept mounting. Uh, but you know, the Hawks did respond that second game uh, against Dallas. Uh, that was one of their more complete efforts of the season. Um, and I, I was very pleased with that. And I thought, ah, oh, you know, if they can kind of do the same thing, yeah. uh, you know, going into Florida, you know, maybe they come out again with one win and one loss. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it kind of seemed very similar where that first game against Florida, not as big of a fan of the effort. I, you mm-hmm. know, they, they did, it, it wasn't as bad as the first Dallas game, but um, wasn't going to be good enough uh, mm-hmm. to, to beat a team like Florida. And then in the second game, you know, they, they did come out, they played hard. But like I said, just a little bit too undisciplined and yet another multi-goal lead, mm-hmm. you know, slipped through their fingers. And that's, it's been an unfortunate uh, trend this year. Yep. And of course, you know, not the, the Panthers are good too. They stormed mm-hmm. back against other teams too, but right. Yeah. It's just, I mean, you got what you wanted in Dallas. So yeah, would have been nice to get, get a point or two in Florida, but We'll see going forward. They're still they're yeah. still in, in there, but you start to get a little worried. Right. I mean, you know, Dallas, you know, was the was the team that they needed to beat, and they they did that. But you know, you can only afford to give away so many points to mm-hmm. you know the Floridas and Tampas. Uh, you know, obviously, we're never going to catch those teams, but. You know, if the Blackhawks can't come away with any points, you know, even if they're just loser points here and there um, mm-hmm. against the, you know, the top teams, it's going to allow Dallas or Columbus to kind of get back into it. And so, yeah, I mean, this next stretch here again, two more against Tampa, two more against Florida. That, uh, yeah. Hawks have got to figure out a way to get some points in these games. Um, you know, because if they end up dropping, all four of them or even three out of four. I, I think the Hawks That's at least got to come away with three points out of these three yeah. out of these eight. Cause that starts to get the other yeah. teams get really close then. Right. You know, all those, uh, the other, uh, especially Dallas has all the games in hand. And um, if the Blackhawks allow them to kind of stick around for the next couple of weeks, you know, maybe Dallas doesn't sell off any pieces at the deadline and maybe they try and get back into the last playoff spot and hope, you know, maybe if some of their guys get healthy, they can play their best hockey in the postseason. I don't think that's going to be the case. I do think Dallas is going to end up being a seller at the deadline and, you know, with the Blackhawks potentially getting a player or two back from the injured list, you know, at least Dylan Strom seems to be on track, mm-hmm. Kirby Doc skating. You know, if we could get a couple of those centers back, that would be so huge. Um, you know, cause that was definitely something that's been exposed. Uh, oh yeah. These last handful of games against Tampa and Florida and even against, not so much against Dallas. Um, you know, cause they're, you know, they're missing their top center as well, but um, you know, matching up against Florida was a nightmare. Um, same with Tampa, the, the Hawks mm-hmm. just, they don't have the center depth right now. Uh, Suter is getting killed in the face off circle. Kurashev got bumped up between Taves and Kane or between uh, Debrinkit and, and Kane for like 
two periods and Carlton saw enough of that. (laughs) You know, so it's just been a revolving door. And, you know, I think we're starting to see some of the the younger guys maybe hit a wall a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, yeah, you can see that there's, there's definitely signs that their play is going to start slipping a little bit and, Mm -hmm. You know, it would be really great if the Hawks could get some reinforcements here with Strom and or Doc mm-hmm. or somebody um, just to give them a, some fresh legs in the lineup, even if, you know, it's a Dylan Strom who isn't really going to help them with the speed element. But yeah, yeah. Um, just just something to kind of give them a boost would be big. Yeah. So um, one young guy who is not struggling of weight is uh, Brandon Hagel. He just keeps playing keeps, better and better. Yeah, Very he impressed. keeps doing his thing. Um, you know, he's really the only guy in the team that has good speed. You know, he's not as technically as good of a skater as Duncan Keith or Patrick Kane. You know, his, his edge work isn't quite as good, but he's one of the few guys on the team that can really push the pace and really pressure guys on the four check. He creates turnovers on a regular basis on the four check. And, uh, you know, he, he's starting to get a little more uh, puck luck with the, with uh, scoring some goals. And, you know, you, you had to assume that the, that his effort level would start translating into some goals eventually. And mm-hmm. uh, we saw a couple in this last week, um, you know, the turnover creation stayed. He's, Made some nice some, uh, passes. Yeah, good chemistry with uh, Kubalik. Seems to be, seems to be. Um, you know, anytime, you know, especially since the Blackhawks centers aren't uh, driving possession much, if you can get somebody like Hagel that can create some turnovers for, for Kubalik in the offensive zone, uh, Kubalik's the kind of guy that can, you know, bury those chances. And at least for a while there, it was happening. I don't think that they played quite as well once um, camp got uh, moved up to the, to the top line. Uh, they, they dropped Suter in between those two guys in that last game. I thought they had some good shifts, but uh, it, you know, that's a group of guys that haven't worked mm-hmm. together yet this year. So it might take a game or two to um kind of yeah, yeah. develop some chemistry maybe, but yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely a struggle right now. Um, you know, cause, uh, and one big difference I think over the last few games is with camp playing up the lineup, the fourth line has been mm-hmm. completely ineffective. Um, you know, they, they still do get a couple of good shifts where they'll trap the opponent in, in the offensive zone but uh, it's not happening nearly as consistently. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's really taken a hit for the lineup, I think. So I'm not, I, you know, I, I wish I had some answers. You know, unfortunately, it's, you know, this is a shorthanded team. You know, mm-hmm. even if they had everybody available, they still wouldn't yeah. match up great against these teams. No, against these guys. <laughs> just, I, you know, I don't know how they come away with, you know, some points against Tampa and Florida coming up. Uh, you know, maybe Lankinen or something steals a game, but you know, even he's had some struggles here and there. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. he's given up four goals in like 
I, I think it was like five out of his last eight starts or something like that. So, I mean, in his defense, some of those games, if it wasn't for him, oh, absolutely, they would have like eight goals, but absolutely, still. absolutely. Um, you know, he's just he hasn't been quite as sharp. And I think, you know, I mentioned some of the rookies maybe hitting the wall mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, Kevin Langan is a guy who hasn't played a lot of oh, no. hockey the last couple of years. He's been, you know, a part-time starter. That's also missed time because of injury. Mm-hmm. You know, and then obviously the shortened season last year due to COVID, you know, he's just, he hasn't been a number one starter, no. especially in the NHL with all of that pressure. And especially in a condensed season like this, where you're playing yes. three, four games a week, nonstop. Mm-hmm. And for a while there, they were able to kind of, to him, alternate yeah. games with Subban, yeah. but I still think he's maybe kind of starting to uh, feel it physically. Yeah. And, you know, you just kind of hope that maybe, um, you know, he gets a second wind uh, mm-hmm. at some point, you know, maybe it's just a temporary thing, but uh, it's definitely a concern for me because the, the, the goaltending, you know, was really, keeping the Hawks in yeah, a yeah. lot of games that they probably shouldn't have been in. And if that's not going to keep up then down the stretch, get, get, yeah. then you could really see the Blackhawks slide back and then, you know, and, and out of the playoff picture. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, basically I guess the theme of this week's episode is that they're kind of in the danger zone right now. Yeah. It, uh, you know, we knew this part of the schedule was going to be a struggle and that's been accurate. You know, the the best thing is at this point, neither Columbus or Dallas looks like, you know, they're on they're the on verge fire, of, yeah. uh, of, you know, going on a hot streak and, and um, you know, closing the gap. So it might just sort of be a war of attrition between those three teams um, down the stretch here is just, you know, who can – uh, you know, who can win the most loser points <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, over the last month of the season to see who gets that fourth um, Just to get, playoff like, spot. They're butt kicked by Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's just such a tough division. I mean, Tampa, Florida, and um, Carolina have the three best winning percentages in the league. <laughs> I guess it's a classic, a uh, classic debate, right? It's, that like with the with baseball fans remember from last season, but the similar thing with the NL Central was it like were all these teams good or were they equally bad? So like yeah, you know, do they kind of beat up on each other? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I think the difference is you know you look at the NL, NL Central last year, it was basically every team was within a couple of yes, yeah, a couple of games of five hundred. Uh, Tampa, Carolina, and Florida are well above 500. Uh, They are all quality teams. You know, the only one that I think people would be maybe a little surprised about is Florida. Yes. Who was coming off of a, a, you know, kind of a rough season and they, but they made a lot of changes, um, especially up front. Um, And it seems to be a team that kind of fits uh, Quenville's, uh, desires a little bit more in in how he wants a ro- roster constructed, and if you can give Quenville a quality roster, you know mm. <laughs> he's going to get be, yes. a good effort out of them. So, um, yeah, well, I mean they're I the was, only one. I thought mm-hmm. it was kind of funny with um, this debate some people were having. Like, if you brought Quenville in now to the 
Blackhawks, they'd be doing way better. And I'm thinking, no, I think it's still what your roster is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't really agree with the, oh, Quenville doesn't really know how to develop guys. I, he definitely has a different uh, method of doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Colleton's definitely – you know, somebody that's in their corner, he's, he's propping them up. Uh, you know, he'll get, he'll let them work through struggles a little yes. bit more than Quenville would. Um, but Quenville was really good at identifying. These are the guys that can actually play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there really wasn't too many guys where he, kind of was got to look at him and said, Oh, no, this guy's no good. Mm-hmm. And then those guys went on to, to do stuff elsewhere. I, you know, really it was only with defensemen, which is weird because, yes. you know, obviously Quinnville was a defenseman himself. Um, but as far as the forwards go, so he was good with that. It was just like, Oh, okay. If Quinville's benching this guy, there's yeah. a really good reason for it. And almost none of those guys went on to do anything in the NHL, mm-hmm. despite any, all the complaints from fans of, oh, he's not given Brandon yeah, Peary yeah. a chance. He's not mm-hmm. given, you know, Hayes a chance. It's just like, uh, mm-hmm. they're not good. <laughs> yes. um, but no, I mean, uh, would I still like to have Quenville as yeah, the well, coach? Of course. But, you know, it was 10 years. Coaches' messages uh, kind of lose their effectiveness at, after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this is a completely different roster. So, you know, maybe. Yeah, and I don't think uh, Quenville wanted any part of a massive rebuild either. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the last couple of years where they were kind of treading water and bringing Mm -hmm. in veterans and uh, trying to keep, prop the window back open. I'm not sure any coach would have done much with that. I mean, obviously Quinville started off the year two years ago uh, as the coach and, you know, they were playing okay hockey, but, you know, not enough to, you know, really be a playoff team. And I don't know. I, I, I don't look at it so much as, Oh, we shouldn't have gotten rid of Quinville. I'm still more. Okay. I'm okay with getting rid of Quenville. Is Jeremy Colleton the right the guy? guy yes. I, I still don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he definitely has his um, positives. Mm-hmm. You know, he does work well with the young players. He does. Um, uh, I, I like his roster decisions for the most part. You know, he's willing to put guys into positions. He's willing to let guys work through struggles. Yes. Um, he's willing to he scratch to guys. To... He's willing to scratch guys yeah. when, you know, would Quenville have scratched Brent Seabrook a couple of years ago? Right. I don't think he would have. Colleton was willing to do that. But also, um, I was going to say, too, like, he, he's got him motivated most nights. Yeah. They yeah. play hard. Uh, and, and, you know, in the, the nights where they don't play hard, I don't know that it's so much of a lack of motivation. It's a, geez, the schedule this year is just a meat grinder with just, you know, three games and four nights, almost like every other week they have a three games and four nights. And, and, you know, what was it? uh, 
two weeks ago, they had three days off in a row. Mm -hmm. And it felt like a A month in between games. (laughs) It was just like, and I think that was like the first time that that had happened in really since the beginning of the year. I I think that was their first three-day break. And yeah, it's just been relentless. So it's just not reasonable to expect them to come out with 100% effort every game. And unfortunately, the Blackhawks need to have 100% effort in order to to win most nights. And, you know, it's just, it's the cards we've been dealt this year. And I I can't really complain at all about the effort. Um, Yes. So. And if they did make the playoffs, that would be just, that'd be pretty impressive for any coach. Yeah, yeah. And to me, you know, I'm again, I'm still on the fence a little bit Mm -hmm. in regards to the Blackhawks or well, Colleton's defensive system. Yes, the man to man. Um, Yeah, the the it's uh, it requires a lot of skating, it requires a lot of um, good decisions. And, you know, the first two years, the Blackhawks just, you know, they they did not have the roster to do it. And it, you know, it it led to a lot of issues. This year, I think the players understand it. They finally bought into it. I still think we have a little bit of a problem with the roster as far as guys just, you know, uh, they're being asked to do more than they're capable of doing mm-hmm. talent wise. I, but I don't see the, I don't see the actual, Oh, two guys going to cover one guy and leaving a guy open. Uh, not doing that doesn't yet. happen nearly as much anymore. You know, it mm-hmm. still happens and it's, and it's going to happen. You know, you're never going to get mm-hmm. uh, eliminate that completely, but I, I can at least see the method do his madness this mm-hmm. year. Um, and the one thing that I'm still hanging my hopes on for it is the Blackhawks have still never had a normal training camp with Jeremy Collinson, you know, this is his third year as a coach, but you know, training camps just haven't happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm hopeful with like a normal off season this year, hopefully, you know, hopefully by the time this season ends, everybody's vaccinated and, you know, they're going to hold the draft on time. It sounds like they're going to, you know, they're going to do the, like the normal off season in, in all likelihood. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of hopeful that when they get back into training camp next year, all these guys are going to have experience with Colleton. They're going to know the system Mm -hmm. and they'll be able to prepare for the year and so I think really next year will be more of a, 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 a good gauge for, yeah. more, you know, what do we really have in Colleton, especially once he gets all these players back to, you know, how, how can you ask for more out of a team than, you know, when they're yeah. missing their top three centers, they're, you know, they still don't have a number one defenseman. They came in with three completely unproven goalies, you mm-hmm. know, I can't ask for for more. Yeah, even than what to be in it, at, even to be in it at this point, yeah, it's amazing. Right. I mean, and, and you know, like you said, he's kept them motivated. Mm-hmm. He's got buy-in from the players, and that's yeah. that's a good sign. I just, you know, 
technically, you know, it, it technically, technically is he, is, is he, is he tactically, be? is he a, a great yes. coach? I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least from motivational standpoint, definitely uh, player buy-in seems to have it. So I, I don't have any, I, I'm not one of those people that's like, Oh, we got to get rid of Colleton if we're ever going to do anything. I, I just don't know yet. <laughs> yes. That's a safe spot to be. Yeah. Just, yeah we're not sure. Yeah. I, is he a great coach? I don't think so. Is he a the bad coach, coach no. that's holding the team back? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably somewhere in the middle. That's right. And if you have a good roster, you can win with a middling coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so hopefully we can have a good roster soon, and you know, then we'll really see. But yep. Well, I guess that's where we'll leave it here. It's just they've got some hard games, and you know, try to get something out of it and stay in the race. Give me one point against Tampa and two points against Florida next week. Mm -hmm. That 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 would be that would be big. Yes. All right. Um, as always, I'm STH85 on Twitter. Michael. MJ underscore Ernst. And you can subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. Just look up emergency goalies and yep, let's see if the Blackhawks can stay in this thing. <laughs>